Uh, Genesis chapter number 45, and let's start reading in verse number 25 of Genesis chapter 45. And uh, it's been two weeks, because last week was our Christmas service, but um, again, um, Joseph uh, revealed who he was to his brothers and sent them home and uh, to get um, Jacob, his father, and uh, he, he told them... Um, in uh, verse number 9 of Genesis 45, Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith my, thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, and tarry not, and um, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. In verse number 11, There will I nourish thee. And uh, verse number uh, 13, And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. Uh, and uh, verse number 16, And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well, and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye laid your beast, and go get you into the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. And now thou art commanded, This do take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. And also regard not your stuff, for the good of the land of Egypt is yours. So Pharaoh even said, yes, go get these wagons, go get your father and all of your family. The children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way to all of them. He gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner 10 uh, asses laden with the good things of Egypt, 10 she-asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. He sent his brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, See that the that ye fall not out by the way. Now that's what we left off last week. So he sent these wagons. He sent all these uh, changes of raiment. He, there was food. There was silver. Uh, sent all these things with them. And so the brothers are headed down. That's where we left off. We're just working our way through Genesis here. And uh, so that's where we left off. The boys, his brothers, they all passed the test. They're going to get their father. Um, and, uh, and they were all going to go to Egypt. And God was going to uh, use Joseph to miraculously care for uh, Israel and uh, all of the family, and uh, praise the Lord for that. But when they get there, Joseph struggled, or sorry, uh, Jacob struggled. Verse number 25, let's start reading now for our text tonight. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Not that, you know, his sons had always been honest, right? Uh, with reason, he probably doubted this. But in verse 27, And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And after they got done telling everything that Joseph said, Jacob didn't believe him. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph has sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. When he saw these wagons, something inside of Jacob revived again. Something that had been for years. Just, he was done. Grief ruled his life. But now there's a spark of revival in his heart. And I don't want you to notice that Jacob did this and Jacob did that and Jacob didn't believe. 
But in verse number 28, it says, And Israel said, Back to the name that God gave him. Because now something in him was back to where he should be. He said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. And Israel took his journey in chapter 46 with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives and the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods which they had gotten in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his son and his son's sons with him, his daughters and his son's daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Let's talk about this real quick. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you and thank you for the opportunity to look at your word. Now, bless, we pray in your name. We ask these things. Amen. They're back. And so I want you to see a couple of things. We saw the mystery phase in our outline. This is when uh, Joseph kept himself hidden from his brothers and, and who he was uh, there in Egypt. And we saw the majesty phase when he revealed himself and, uh, and who he was and, and all of his authority. And now we're looking, starting tonight, in his ministry phase uh, and how he's going to minister to his family. The first thing and probably the only point, now I got like 50 sub points. I'm just kidding. All right, but uh, y'all, uh, you were supposed to laugh or say, oh, I don't know. But anyway, thank you, brother, right? Uh, but uh, our one point tonight is, I want you to see this, all right, under the ministry phase, is that the proposition that was given. A proposition in chapter 45, where we started reading to f- chapter 46 and verse number 7. The first thing that we see in chapter number 45, verse 25 to 28, is this. We see Jacob's fears. Jacob fears. Uh, whenever they all get back, Jacob didn't, you know, immediately receive them and believe. He still had a lot of doubts. And so I want you to see a couple of things about Jacob's fears here in these last few verses of this chapter. I, I outlined it in this way. In verse number 25, we see the return. Uh, you see the return. It says, And they went up out of, the, uh, out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. Uh, they, they head back and they head home. Uh, the last thing Joseph had said to them is, see that you fall not out by the way. And, uh, and they didn't. And so that was good. Uh, we gave us our final challenge two weeks ago that uh, as we're living this life, heading towards our new home, uh, we too need to make sure that we stay on the right path. Amen. And because uh, there's a whole lot of things out there to try to pull us off of that straight and narrow path. And listen to me at this statement too, which is grounded in the word of God. There is a right path, and there is a wrong path. And a lot of times we as Christians, we just kind of forget that, or we just kind of think, eh, whatever. Uh, but no, there is a right path. When Jesus said, you know, straight is the way, narrow is the way, and few there be that find it, we always, and often, we will use that as a means of talking about salvation, but that is not the context that Jesus was speaking of. In that passage of Scripture, Jesus was talking to the disciples about serving him. And, and the fact is this, that straight and narrow way, what the Lord was talking about is the right path that we need to stay on in this Christian life. You see, 
God has outlined how we ought to live. It's right here. All right? God has outlined it. Our responsibility is to get in this book and follow what the Word of God has laid before us. We live in a world that doesn't like authority. We live in a world that, that doesn't like to be told no. We live in a world that doesn't like to be told that something's right or wrong. I mean, you know, they, they wave the banner of just, uh, you know, uh, uh, don't be hateful and accept everything. But the fact is this, God says some things are wrong. Amen. There are some things that are not right. Jesus didn't say, hey, worship me. It doesn't really matter how you worship me. Just make sure you're worshiping me. He didn't say that. He said, if you're going to worship, it has to be done in spirit and in truth, which means there's a right worship and there's a wrong worship. Jesus didn't say, hey, just live however you want to. It'll all work out. We're all going to the same place. He said, no, listen to me. Be ye holy. Now, if he said to be holy, that means there's things that are holy and things that aren't holy. So we have a responsibility to stay on this right path. And the only way we can possibly know that is to be in this book. And one of the reasons why God has given us a church is so that we can hear and study and learn the path that God wants us to stay on. You know, I, I would like to stay here a long time, but I won't, all right? But uh, the fact is this, all right? When, when we get saved, all right? When we get saved, you know, we, we are in right smack in the middle of the will of God. Y'all, amen? Daniel, come up here, man. All right, you're my, you're my man to use in illustrations, which you don't care, right? I mean, your name's Daniel, so it's biblical, so, all right? All right, so, all right, so here he is, right? I mean, and, uh, and let's just say this first step right here's the will of God. Get up there, man. All right, there he is, in the will of God. The moment you get saved, man, he's in the will of God, amen? Now, you say, what's God's will for Daniel? This, this, is, this is something that people get all the time messed up, right? They think, you know, I got to find God's will. Do you know God is not hiding his will from you? It's not like, you know, Daniel's having to go through and say, all right, let me, it's God's will under here? No. All right, it's not, that's not it. God's will is clearly directed in the word of God. You know what God's will, every time you study the will of God, all right, it's about a present reality. That means this, all right? God is not saying, Daniel, you need to find my will. It's out there, good luck, all right? No, God tells Daniel and you and I how to live. The Bible says in every day, in everything, give thanks. The Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. The Bible says that there are things that we ought to do and things we shouldn't do. You know what Daniel's responsibility, you know how, he, you know how I know he's in the will of God tonight right now? Because he's in church. Amen? Right. Amen? Right. I mean, he, he was able to be here and he's here, all right? He didn't stay home and say, you know, I really want to watch that football game, all right? You know, he, he's here. Do you even like football? A little bit, yeah. So, so see, he overcame, all right? Nice job, all right? Uh, you know, so here he is. I like the Dolphins. They lost today. Uh, you know, but, you know, they, here he is, all right? He's in the will of God. He, he didn't stay home. He, he, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, all right? He's where he should be. You know what else he should have done today? He should have read his Bible today. You know what else he should have done? He should have prayed today. You know what else he should have done? He should have, he uh, uh, you know, had a joyful spirit today and gave thanks to God and praised God. He, he ought to... He ought to just, you know, when, when someone dropped a $20 bill in front of him, and the I had the opportunity to steal it. But instead, this didn't happen, did it? All right, yeah, I made this part up. Uh, you know, but here he's, you know, and he picks it up, and, and his flesh said, stick it in your pocket. You know, but a spirit said, no, no, no. And he went and gave it to the person that dropped it. He's obeying God. He's doing what he knows is right to do. He's in the will of God. 
All right? That's, that's what the will of God is. It's not some weird thing out there that you got to find, right? Behind some shut door. And, right? It's not. It's just do what you know is right to do. And then the, as you're doing right, here's the great part. The steps of a what? Good man are ordered by the Lord. So as long as he's doing what he knows is good and right to do, God can say, hey, I want you to come over here now, Daniel. This is my will for you. And as long as he's doing right, the Lord's in charge of his life. Follow that? When we get out of the way, if Daniel decided, you know, you know, church, Sunday nights, I, I get up early and work, and you do. What time do you leave normally? Five. Man. And he gets up at like three and has two-hour devotions every morning. So, no, I'm just kidding. All right, yeah, all right. Now, here he is, right? And, he, and, he, and he's, and he's, <laughs> he's, in, he's in, but he decides, I get up early. You know, and I, so Sunday night, I'm going to start staying up. And then pretty soon, because it never stops on Sunday nights, Thursday night, and then pretty soon he's out of church. Now watch. He's now out of the will of God. And God is not able to lead him and direct him like he wants to because Daniel's not where he should be. But here's how great God is. God will begin to do a work in Daniel's life. And sometimes we, we think, well, you know, God is just like up there and he's going to chasten us. He only chastens us for one reason. To get us back right here where we can enjoy the blessings of God. It's God's mercy and His grace that He brings things into our life to get us back to where we should be. Following that? And when we're here, there's, there's peace because you know you're doing what's right. You got joy. You got, you got all these things, all right? You're so That's why you come up here. You know, if you didn't smile, I'd probably not use you, all right? But you're good, all right? But here he is living in the will of God, all right? And, and as he enjoys this, God is directing his life, and God is doing things, and he lays his head down at night knowing he's doing what God wants him to do. You say, but, but he's not, uh, you know, uh, in Timbuktu, uh, you know, doing, listen, Daniel just needs to be where God wants him to be. And as long as he's doing what God wants him to do day by day, he could do no greater thing. And God will direct his steps. It's when we step outside the will of God, be it in whatever area that is not right, we get off this straight and narrow path that God has to bring us back. And that's why the Bible says this, that the way of the transgressor is what? It's hard. In other words, when you're doing the will of God, you know, it's one thing, but when you start to step outside what God wants you and you start you know, doing what you want to do, this path is hard. It's wide. It's broad because there's a whole lot of people walking down that path. But it leads to destruction. If Daniel doesn't get off this path of disobedience and neglecting to do what he knows is right to do, and he starts getting on this path, it begins to get hard. That's when life, why is this happening? Why am I so upset? Why is this? And why is this? And, and turmoil and strife and, 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 and disturbance in his inward spirit. And all these things begin to happen because all God's wanting to do is bring him back to where he should be. But if he continues down this path and gets farther away from the will of God and farther away from the will of God, listen, eventually it will bring destruction in his life because that's what that broad way does. At first you may think, ah, life's Okay. But it always, 100% of the time, leads to destruction. It will destroy his relationship with God. It will destroy his relationship with family. It will destroy his relationship with friends. It will destroy his own life. 
the farther he gets away from the Lord. So I encourage you, thanks Daniel, I encourage you, all right, stay on that right path. There is a right path, and there's a wrong path. It is popular preaching today, unfortunately, it is popular preaching that as long as you know, you just, you're, as long as your heart's good, and you know, just as long as you're happy, like whatever, it doesn't really matter, live how you want to, do what you want to, just whatever. No, there is a right and wrong. And this world philosophy is getting in our churches. Because you're not allowed to say anything. Anything's wrong out there. You know, last year I taught in a public school, right? And uh, I enjoyed it. And, I, and it's a really a blessing to me. Even now, I stop at the gas station. Somebody's like, hey, Mr. Burke. That's cool, right? I'm glad to build any relationships, all right? But one thing I found is this. No one's wrong. We're not allowed to correct anything. And that's sad. There is a right and there is a wrong. And, and, and these boys stayed on the right path and I know that's an application but praise the Lord, keep it in mind, right? But they returned. They get back. Can you imagine a joy when Jacob saw Benjamin and Simeon? We won't think about that much, remember? Simeon had been kept down in Egypt and when he sent Benjamin, he said, pretty much Jacob said, he's gonna die. I mean, he was just done. And when Benjamin and Simeon and all the other boys came back, there had to be a lot of joy, right? But there they all return. They all go home. I thought, you know, a lot of us this, this time of the year, we, we go home. We spend time with family. A lot of people go home to, you know, for some reason, half everybody lives in this area go, goes home to Kentucky, right? Uh, you know, that's always home. Uh, you know, my dad always, we go to Kentucky, we're going home, all right? My dad hadn't lived in Kentucky ever in his life he was born in Dayton Ohio but when we went home we went to Kentucky uh you know but uh you know that's just where the roots were right and we go home and uh and people go home this time of the year and, and and they spend time with family and friends and that's a wonderful thing and and they return they're heading home they're filled with excitement they're filled with all this zeal they can't wait to tell their dad and someday we're gonna go home and this world is not our home, amen? And I can't wait because there's going to be a great reunion someday when we get to where the Father is. And what a day that will be, amen? But they return. And then I want you to see in verse number 26, you see a rehearsal. They rehearsed what all was done. And I'll not read it again, but they told, uh, told Jacob everything that Joseph had said and what had happened. And he said, Joseph is alive. Joseph is governor of all the land. And Jacob shocked. Jacob, he doesn't believe this. His heart faints. In other words, it's like, whatever. This can't be. The Holy Spirit had pinned down in our words, he believed them not. He didn't believe it. These guys are lying. He probably didn't, he was trying to figure out what are you boys up to. But he didn't believe. So they return as a rehearsal, and then the end of verse number 26, there's a refusal. He didn't believe so much to the point that he just, he, 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 he believed them not. And it's really sad in the world that we live in that so many people will hear the truth, and they just simply refuse to believe. I was that way. Most of you were probably that way. You heard the truth, but you just, eh. 
You know, and I and I told you this morning I left that visit that I made the lady that just has days to live shared with her the gospel and she just I'm good. And it broke my heart. But everybody look at me, I walked out of church like that hundreds of times. And I hate that. And I'm thankful that God is rich in mercy. But so many people out in the world today, they're so readily, they will accept lies, but they refuse the truth. And that's where where Jacob was. He, He didn't believe. But then you see in verse 27 and 28, revival. Something changed in Jacob's heart. And listen, it was, it was not the words of Joseph that changed him. It was those wagons. Amen? When he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent, the Spirit revived in him. In Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4, it says, The goodness of the Lord will bring people to repentance. God is good to all of us. Can I tell you something? God is being very good to this country, and it doesn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. God is being very good to to many lost people. God was good to me before I was saved. I didn't deserve it, but he was very good to me. Why? Because the goodness of the Lord is there to bring us to repentance. I I, I titled this sermon for tonight that they saw when he saw the gifts. Now you get the Christmas thing going, right? Right? When he saw the gifts, because what here comes the wagons. What's in the wagons? Well, in the wagons, I know they were there to send them back, but in those wagons, all right, we know that there was clothes in those wagons, right? There was silver in those wagons. And the Bible says there were good things in that wagon. Uh, the Bible says that there was food. They sent food. Clothes, silver, good things, and food. And I stopped and thought about that today. That's pretty much been my Christmas. I literally got some uh, uh, a hoodie in a, a Boston Celtics hoodie because they're awesome. Uh, I got a hoodie, all right? Uh, I, got, I got an ounce of silver. Got a few good things and way too much food, all right? You know, uh, you, know, you know, here they are. Here comes these wagons that's full of all these things. And sadly, I say this, but many times it's for us too, but sadly it took the wagons and all these gifts to change Jacob's heart. And that's one of the things, you remember Jesus was talking to Thomas, and, and, uh, and when he said in John chapter, I believe it's 20, he said, he said, Thomas, blessed are they that see not and believe. Thomas said, I'll not believe it until I see it. And, and, and God showed him, but then he said, blessed are they that see not and believe. Praise the Lord for the goodness of God. We've all been very blessed, and God has been good to us. And one of the reasons God is so good to us is because he wants to see how much he loves us. There's many people, you may be sitting in the auditorium tonight, that you say, well, I've not really been living for God, and my life's pretty good. Because God is so gracious. He's patient. He's kind. And he's just trying to let you see how great and patient and wonderful he is. Our God is a great God. We studied this morning in James chapter 1 and verse number 19. Every good and every perfect gift cometh from above. May, when we stop and look at all the great things God has done and is doing for us, may it revive our hearts today. Jacob finally said, it's enough. I believe. Amen. Has God not been good to you? I mean, we talk about gifts and things like that, but God has been so good to every one of us. And we may sit there and say, I wish I had this. Well, 
I think if we stop and realize and look at our life, no matter what we may think we're lacking, God sure has blessed us abundantly. Our God is a great God. And let me tell you why God does so many great things for us. Because he loves us. He loves every one of us so much. But you see Jacob's fears, and then in chapter 46, you see Jacob's faith. You see his faith. And I want you to catch this as we wrap this up, all right? Jacob's faith. So they, they, they head to Egypt, all right? Chapter 46, and Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba. So he heads to Egypt. They're all heading south. But my first point under this is you, you see in just four things underneath this. Number one, a pause. Don't you love studying the Bible? I love studying the Bible, right? But a pause. He stops on the way down to Egypt. Where does he stop in chapter 46 and verse number 1? Beersheba. Now what's special about that? When Abraham was on his way to Egypt, he stopped at Beersheba. He built that altar. But the problem is this, that Abraham went against God's will and went into Egypt. Because God had never told him to go there. And he disregarded. And we all know the repercussions from that. Jacob is heading down to Egypt and he pauses at Beersheba. Where Abraham had stopped. Where Jacob had stopped. Now why did he pause in Beersheba? The second point is this, because there was a precaution. In, in verse number two, well, at the end of verse number one, and he offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. He stops at Beersheba, and he worships God. He's, he's talking to God. He's communing with God. Now, why is Jacob stopping at Beersheba and taking a long trip, but they're going to stop, and he spend time talking to God. Because I believe Jacob, Israel, shows some spiritual insight here. God, is this what you want me to do? And we, I believe that's what Jacob is seeking because we see the Lord's answer. You follow me in the scriptures? The Lord addresses that question. And what I, I just want to give this is, again, something as we study the scriptures to think about. Everything seemed good for him to go to Egypt. It made sense for him to go to Egypt. It's what he wanted to do to go to Egypt, right? Y'all follow me? I mean, it looks like everything is falling into place. It looks, this is what I want. Man, this, everything seems perfect, but he still wanted to stop and run it by God. And that's a really good principle for us because sometimes we get things thrown at us in life that it seems good. It's what I want. But you better make sure it's what God wants. I'll make it just really practical. Somebody offers you a job. You can have a promotion. That seems good. You're going to get better pay. That's what I want. Who doesn't want that, right? Of course, you're going to a place. There's no church there. Your family's not going to have anywhere to go and meet and worship. 
You better pray about that. Just because things seem good and everything seems to be working out should not remove from us the fact that we still need to pray about it. A little side principle there, right? So that's what he's doing. He's praying. He's seeking God. And then you see the promise. It says in verse 2, And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, he said, Here am I. And God answers him in verse 3, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt. For I will there make of thee a great nation. And, and I will go down with thee into Egypt. And I will also surely bring thee up again. God makes him a promise. He says, Israel, it's okay. I want you to do this. I'm still God. I want you to go. And I'm going to do great things. And by the way, you're going to come back out of Egypt. And when he says there at the end of verse number 4, Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. What he's talking about there is that he said, Joseph's going to be by your side when you die. The idea, I don't want to be morbid, but the idea is when someone passes away that their loved ones would literally shut their eyes in death. And that's your, your son's going to be there. Which was, to Jacob, glorious words. Joseph really, God just told him Joseph's alive. And it's okay. And he's going to be there by your side. But you're going to come back out of here. We are in this world today. Egypt's always a picture of the world. We're in this world. But praise God, our God is so good. Praise God, he's right here with us. Praise God, he walks with us every step of the way. And praise God, the moment we die, we are present with the Lord. And even death is just a shadow, amen? And one day, we will rise again, amen? So you see this pause, this precaution, and this promise, and then you see the prize as we close in verse 5, 6, and 7. Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones, and their wives, and the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him. His son and his son's sons with him, his daughters and his son's daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. He went, and God gave Jacob everything that he promised. And what he found was more glorious than even what he had heard. <laughs> and God allowed Jacob to spend his last years happy, joyful, a lot of his life was wasted in grief. But praise God, what a merciful God we have. His last years were one filled with joy. Can you imagine we're going to talk about it? We'll finish this book in the weeks ahead, but the joy that would have been there. There's some, thing, there's some scenes in the Bible I'd love to have portraits of. <laughs> this is one of them. The look on Jacob's face when he saw Joseph. What a day. Someday, we're going home. And someday, what a day it's going to be when we see the Lord with our eyes. And see our loved ones. And we're going to find out that everything God said is absolutely true. 
and far more eyes have not seen nor ears heard what all great things God has for his children what a day that would have been to watch as this reunion took place but God takes care of his children